previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. I would say growing up, probably family ties really wanted to be Alex P. Keith. There was a time, yeah, for some reason I was uh, going to public school in the Detroit area and I always wanted to wear a shirt and tie. Uh, yeah, that was me. Eighth grade, I started wearing a shirt and tie, wait, and brought a briefcase. Wait, sorry, the briefcase didn't come in until ninth grade. Oh my God. I, I grew out of it by then. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Man, it's been a week. Oh, boy. I mean, I can't even get into that. So much to get into. But as we just heard in the opening, uh, let's just jump right into this. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Lee Gordon, shirt, tie, and briefcase in the ninth grade. Did Roxy know she was marrying a dork? I did not. She did not. This, well, maybe a well, little. I mean, all right, maybe a little. <laughs> First of all, Roxy, how are you doing? I'm fine. You recovered from your Patriots there? Oh. Yeah, it was a rough night for Roxy. Go uh, with your gut, not with your heart. Does no. that make sense? Well, my uncle used to say, bet with your pocket, not your heart. Yeah. 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 That's all right. Chuck did a little of that over the uh, Upset Special podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. Tiny Chuck's uh, kicking his ass right now. So anyway, <laughs> we also heard from Mo Warner, who we are very excited. Hopefully, we're going to meet in a yes. couple hours. Yes. Okay. All right. He says, apparently, Alex P. Keaton's middle name was never officially revealed, but the speculation is that it is peace. It sounds good at first, but if true, you would think they would have worked it into the show. Too much comedic potential. Okay. Hang tight, Mo. Hang tight. <laughs> we also heard from Timothy. Well, because I did some homework on this. Mm-hmm. That's a first. Yeah. That's a podcast. Wow. First. No, I'm Timothy Crero. I just heard the podcast. I asked my wife what the P in Alex P. Keaton stood for. She said Pauline. Oh. Now, I guess it totally depends on which where you're getting your source from. Okay. Mine is fandom.com, I believe. And it does say, although rarely mentioned, Alex's full middle name is Peace, but would normally be referred to by its first initial. Michael J. Fox added the initial himself during an audition for the role. The creators liked it, and so the name stuck. How cool is that? So you're just... Now, I I also don't know how big Michael J. Fox was at that time. So, I mean, if this is just like one of his first auditions and just decides to do that, I mean, how cool is that? And then that it's is stuck, cool. And then it become a household name. Mm-hmm. All right, Roxy, where to next? We have got so much. This has so been much. such the week. Yeah, let's just jump all around because we've, I, we're overwhelmed. Yeah. And we can't say thank you enough. I know, I this mean, is awesome. Hopefully we'll get to everything. We'll probably have to do stuff on our next episode. But we've gotten some great stuff. Feedback from Ed Butt. You had a, the Christmas yeah, tree, right? Yeah, the Christmas For- tree. Ed Butt writes, Chuck and Roxy and Tony Beeson. Quite a few places, including one nursery near us in Colorado, sell live Christmas trees. You buy it like a potted plant, set it in your living room, and decorate it. Then, after you take down the Christmas decorations, you can put it in your yard for a year and reuse it the following Christmas. After that, it's probably advisable to plant it in the ground. Hopefully, information for life. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. That's such a great idea. Yeah. And again, Roxy, things we don't think about when we have fake trees up here in Manhattan. I know. So, yeah. You know, now that I remember, my parents used to do that when they first moved down to Nashville. 
they would buy a new tree every year and plant it and keep it and then replant it yeah. and stuff like that. I'd forgotten all about that though. Yeah. But thanks for the email. That's a oh. great. So we're going to use that as part of our tiny little suggestion for this week. Yes. I mean it. I mean we might have to bring now. it up again next. Yeah, we'll have to bring it up. Maybe we'll winter, save that for a November Thanksgiving tiny little suggestion because yeah. <laughs> we've got a better one coming up. Okay. So next we we got some feedback from James Cunningham. Roxy. Yeah. You can take it, right? Yeah. Okay. He literally says, I can't, dot, dot, dot. I can't with Roxy's take. <laughs> I'll just say my head exploded when she said expansion was a bad thing. Then the breakdown of the semifinal games. I'll just say this. Of the 16 semifinal games played since 2014, only three of those games were within single digits. They've always been blowouts. I'll stop there because if I continue with everything that's wrong with the CFB system, I'll get a migraine and ruin the rest of my day. <laughs> FYI, I would prefer the bowl system to a four-team playoff. Well, I mean, tell us how you really feel. I know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but don't get a migraine. <laughs> yeah, don't get a migraine over it. Now, Roxy, he also wrote us another email. He had a lot to say this week He had about the packages, right? Yeah, he did. Because we want to get into this for he, a second. Yeah. So he says, Chuck and Roxy, wait, you had to be told you never disclose what's in the package? I guess I grew up with the Goodfellas line, never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Every time the person behind the counter asks what's in the package, I'll just say this. A lot of people have gotten Cheerwine, North Carolina barbecue sauce, and hot sauce. Okay, fair enough. Now, here's the problem for me personally. Uh-huh. Okay, we've said on the podcast many times, and one of Roxy's favorite sayings is, she's a, rule, a follower. rule follower. We're rule followers <laughs> on the Loyal Littles podcast, okay? Now, this is what I'm most scared about. Okay, so what happens... When you, I'm assuming your names are on these, right? As a return, or are you saying, James, follow up with us on this, okay? Do you put your return address on there? I thought you have to, most places won't take a package without a return address. Okay, so what happens if you're, let's say, mailing some, not illegal stuff, but you know what I'm saying, like stuff that you, basically they ask you these questions. Are there explosives? Are there liquids? Blah, blah, blah. And right. you lie and you say, oh, no, no. And you just hand them the package or whatever. And then let's say in transport, something happens. If it was semi, let's say it, let's say it was fireworks or something and it exploded. I mean, you don't, they're going to find out who it was. If this box breaks and there's wine all over the place. Well, unless now, the explosion covers up ruins, all the ev- evidence. Right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's talk wine. I guess my point is, let's just say it's a very innocent, a, a bottle of wine or a bottle of beer breaks. Yeah. Okay. And it's just leaking all over the place. And obviously they're going to have to do something with this box. So they open, they see the return address. It said there were no liquids. I'm not saying you'd get thrown in jail or anything, but what is the penalty? There must be a thing for lying to get these things mailed. Yeah. And so that's, know. I just, I never even really wanted to, to go down that road. You want to follow the rules. Well, it's not so much that I want to follow the rules. It's I don't want the, what's going to happen after. You don't want the consequences. The consequences when they figure out who didn't follow the rules i guess is what i'm saying <laughs> so chime in on this is there uh has this happened to you like what what do you do, do you just get a slap on the wrist i yeah. mean if that's the case sure i'll i'll mail beer let's do it and you know it's funny because I'm, I'm running into a quandary with my job at the one show here in new york we use a starter pistol yeah and these things are loaded with primers mm-hmm. they're just 209 shotgun shell primers so it's not ammunition it's not gunpowder but it is technically, if struck the right way, obviously it's an explosive. My point is, I would love, when I was down in Tennessee, I was looking for them and I'm thinking, how am I, if I mail them, I don't think I'm going to be able to mail them. And this is what brought this up to me. Right, and this made right. me laugh because I'm like, oh, well, I guess I don't have to tell them what's in there. But, you know, what but happens also, if, if that thing, yeah, right. Anyway, I don't even want to think about it. So I'm, I am curious, like, what happens yeah, if you lie? Right. So anyway. Interesting. Roxy's a rule follower. That's all we're going to say. I am. That's how I got my apartment. 
how we got our apartment. <laughs> That's how I we said, got our we're apartment. followers. <laughs> yeah. So Roxy, real quick, we've got so much grit talk out on the Twitter page. Grit talk. Now we posted the picture of Roxy eating her grits. In the Waffle House. In the Waffle House. Yep. People are judging. Yep. I'm it's just fine. Gonna say, people it's are fine. judging. And we're fine with that because we like Waffle House. That, I'm sorry. They're hash browns I scattered and smothered is the way it. to go. I said it. So good. Okay. So Roxy, give us, how did you like them? I liked them. Because honestly, uh, Littles, I hadn't had grits in a long time. So I was kind of excited too. Yeah. At first I was a little trying to get used to the texture, I guess. But it did remind me of a middle of the road between oatmeal and cream of wheat a little bit. And also rice. So I love all three of those things. So of course I was going to like this. I did butter and sugar. And actually we tried a little syrup on it Oh, that's right. I forgot about the syrup. We tried the syrup. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about the syrup. But then I was like, no, I'm actually digging this. I, I like love. it. Well, some of the comments we got, uh, someone, and I'll, we'll read some of these, that said salt. I forgot about salt. Oh, yeah. I did yeah, not try salt. Good. But we just tried the sugar and butter and uh-huh. I forgot about the syrup. I definitely right. think brown sugar would have been amazing. Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah. No. Maybe. Actually, I got it right here. It was Debbie Mittman who wrote in. She said that grits can be delicious if made properly. Lots of butter and salt. And if you want, don't forget to add cheese. So we didn't do cheese no. either, Roxy. So I would love to make this in my Instant Pot. My favorite thing is, though, Roxy, that also brought up some memories for some people. Ed Butt tweeted, my first grits were during basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia. Quote, God, this cream of wheat is awful. Since then, I've had some from good Southern cooks with cheese, shrimp, butter, or whatever to cover up the taste. Not too bad. Oh. Yeah, we're not doing shrimp. No. A lot of people were writing in about the shrimp. Mike from Burke, Virginia, we haven't heard from him in a while. He said, I like the texture of grits more than the texture of cream of wheat, but neither are a tasty treat without some add-ons, which, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Todd Decay, grits ain't got flavor, quote unquote. <laughs> you got to add it. I love it. Not even cheese can save them. Adding something like spicy shrimp harms the shrimp more than it helps the grits. <laughs> Roxy was right when she talked about cream of wheat. That's far superior. You like cream of wheat then? I do like cream of wheat. And then real quick, we also, you know, we had some about the Waffle House. Lee Gordon, a comedian, I forget which one, said this about Denny's, but it applies equally to Waffle House. You don't go there, you end up there. <laughs> okay, now, I totally disagree. Totally, we, we, we went there. We went there. We, we went there. See, we sought it out and but, we went there. And we heard from Jason Fuse, who we haven't heard in a while, too. It was nice to hear from Jason. Waffle House is the king of 3 a.m. after a show food, but I don't go there in the daytime. <laughs> See, I'd be nervous to go at 3 a.m. Yeah, that's true. I'd feel more Depends safe going. Are. Yeah, I guess. That's Depends true. Depends where you yeah. are. All right, Roxy. Well, we already have to get out of here because we get to our Meet the Littles guest. We have so much more to get into. We'll come back and with our tiny little suggestion and things like that before we get to this week's Friday Five. How's yes. that sound? Perfect. All right, let's get out of here. Great Meet the Littles guest. And we're very excited about this one because I have a special announcement to make. This was Roxy's first attempt at doing an edit. Yes. So we're very excited. I yes. I did go back over it after she was done and I didn't Couple make many minor changes. Adjustments. Minor adjustment. I mean, she did a, such a great job. We're very excited for I her. I learned from the best. Well, thank you, Roxy. <laughs> I know I'm this is a I know this is going to sound stupid to our listeners, but this is a big deal. Yeah. It is cuz y- you did a really good job. Thank I'm really you. proud of Roxy. So, hope thank you enjoy you. it. Come on back cuz it's now time to Meet the Littles, edited by Roxy. This is Joe Magnum from Pittsburgh, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
are being played in this episode by Seis Hombres, and this song is called Encourage. Now, I believe we've played their music in the past. This song is composed by Tommy George, and it has melody and lyrics by Ned Peterson. And Steve Buntrick is on the drums and bass guitar for this track. If you like what you hear, you can find Seis Hombres almost everywhere. Their music is available on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and most streaming net devices. So head on over to any of those and just search Seis Hombres. That's S-E-I-S-H-O-M-B-R-E-S. And as always, we'll play the full song, Encourage, at the end of the podcast. Time is right to bathe in the light of grace and caress the world we face. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. Roxy, you ready? Ready. Fun one today. Yep. Please welcome to the podcast, Jim Young. Hey, Jim, how's it going? It's going great. How's it going with you guys? We're great. Good. Uh, I don't know how you're surviving Berserker. You're a rookie Berserker League, right? Let's just get that right out of the way. Yeah, surviving's a strong term, uh, actually. <laughs> so. All right. Well, we'll we'll come back to that. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was did... gonna say you don't you don't want to derail this whole thing right from the start. <laughs> exactly. And let me hop on the couch for ninety minutes and tell you about my experience. <laughs> well, we also first. want to hear all about your Mets fandom. We know you're a big Mets fan, so we're excited <laughs> about that. We'll come back to that as well. So, Jim, seriously, take a second, introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Tell us a little something about yourself. All right. I'm Jim Young, and I've been a loyal little since 1998, I think. I was listening to Todd Takei one, and I think probably we both hitched our rides on with Tony about that same time. I am from South Carolina. Uh, It's where my family has been for about 300 years or so. Now living in North Carolina. That's where I call home with uh, my wife, two kids, and a dog. Nice. Wow. And you're originally from down there. So now, did you go away to school or anything like that? I will tell you guys this. I actually keep it under wraps from uh-huh. my days as a sports writer. Uh, but I went to Duke uh, undergrad. Ooh. And then I went to uh, Columbia for grad school oh. for journalism. Uh, no, we didn't know we had a Dukey on our hands. That might change the so. whole course of this whole podcast <laughs> interview. And what did you major in? You were Now, you're a sports writer, right? Or you were, right? Yeah, okay. which made me, I think, out of my graduating class at Duke, probably only the people in the Peace Corps earned less than I did um, <laughs> going out of there. So, But I majored in poli-sci and history in college, and it's one of those things where if I had known I wanted to be a journalist, the logical thing to do would have been to go to UNC, where they have one of the best undergrad journalism programs in the country. But I didn't know that at the time. It wasn't until I had moved to New York City and it deferred law school and it decided not to go to law school. Actually, my wife's famous last words for her. She's like, you know, you're kind of interested in everything. So what about journalism? She didn't realize what journalists make. So, <laughs> yeah, I was briefly on the uh, sports staff at the Chronicle at Duke when I was a freshman, when a guy named Barry's Verlugo was on there as a senior. So now I've heard um, that name before. Can you uh, tell yes, us indeed. more about him? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you you were on the staff with him? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Barry knew I existed at that point. Seth Davis was also on the staff as a senior that year. So those guys took up all the oxygen in the room. But yeah, I knew Barry when he was at the Raleigh News and Observer and I was at the Greensboro News and Record and really good guy. And so that's like my David Aldridge moment every time he goes on TK show. It's kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. That'd be so neat. 
to be able to work with them and then see where they've gone. And now you said you went up to New York. So let's see. Yeah. After college, I went to Charlotte briefly and then I worked out at the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And I was fortunate to do that in 96 for the Olympics. So it was uh, down in, in Atlanta. Yeah. And then went to New York City, worked in a law firm for a year. That's when I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer. Right. And then uh, went to Columbia for journalism school and then moved to the one place that you don't have good contacts if you went to Columbia, and that is Chicago, which is Northwestern slash Medill slash Michael Wilbon territory. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yep. That's where I was before coming down to uh, North Carolina. Twin. Yeah, more than that. Wow. Yeah, let me think about that. 22 years ago. It's been a minute. Nice. Yep. So I have to ask, I hope it's not nothing too personal. I mean, hopefully you weren't affected in 96 with what went on in Atlanta and everything like that. Yeah, that actually... Was that crazy? um, Our offices were right across the street from Centennial Park. So I had left the offices and was on my way back. My sister was living in Buckhead at the time. So I was basically living in one of her spare rooms and was on my way back there that evening when the bomb went off. So, yeah, that's it was weird. Yeah, Yeah. to say the least. Sure. All right. Well, I guess it's time. So I'm going to set a timer. Okay. (laughs) I don't know how much time we're going to allot here, but whatever. But I've been warned. So this is the next step. We usually go into your fandom. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Now, this is kind of funny, Jim, because I feel like we should know you. And being all honest, we don't. But we know a lot of littles do. A lot of littles had a lot to say about you. And it was mostly all good. But they were like, oh, don't ask him about this. Oh, don't you dare go into this because you'll never, you know, blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) we're going to be fair. We're going to be fair. We're going to turn over the time. So where does your sports fandom lie? So it's not an easy thing to answer. So I was a sports writer. And uh, I think I mentioned you like, I don't tell people. There are people out on the Twitterverse that still think I went to Davidson because that's where my dad went. And that's where I was comfortable, like being out on Twitter and, and rooting for them. And with Duke, when I moved down here and was working for the Greensboro paper, I took Duke stickers off my car. I didn't wear it because once people find out, I mean, that's, that's the way fans work. Once they sure. re- say, oh, you went to Duke, they assume that you're like them. And therefore, you're incredibly biased towards where you went to school. And it, in no amount of it of trying to convince them otherwise will work. Um, and Barry had to deal with that all the time. He covered UNC when he was, you know, and people knew that he went to Duke. So mm-hmm. I hid that. And the other thing is, and again, if you've heard uh, Barry talk about Duke on TK show, after a while, it kind of numbs you to it. It's you, you see how the sausage gets made and it's just... You know, not to be too cynical, but nobody really holds massive high ground when it comes to college sports. So mm-hmm. and the other thing that happened from that is I wanted to root for something. So the first thing was you get up early in the morning with my son on the Saturday mornings and English Premier League was on. I had been a loose Arsenal fan since like 93 when I attended a game and Cherry Shield match in, in uh, Wembley Stadium between Arsenal and Manchester United. And so that was kind of my team. But once NBC started showing those games, I really got into Arsenal. Mm. And I'm a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, but didn't really kind of get back into that until my son got into baseball. And then that was something that we could share. And then the MLB TV package is awesome. So I could get all the games and watch them there. And that really ignited my passion for the Atlanta Braves. That's really my oh, lifelong No, see, I, I, was, I heard you were a Mets fan. Someone told me you were a Mets fan. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mets, you know, the funny thing is that was the team. Well, when I grew up watching the Braves, originally they were in the West, which is the most hilarious thing oh, ever. But right, yeah. So the, the Dodgers were the team you hated. 
And so I've always hated the Dodgers. And then when they moved into the East, they won every year. Yeah. So it, it's hard to have a rival at that point. You didn't really particularly care about anybody. You didn't like Philly because nobody likes Philly. But, you know, the Mets are kind of – you kind of amused by them because they fall all you know, face all the time. And then the team that really, for me, kind of earned my hatred was the Nats. And it was really because of the Tony show. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. like 2015, 2016 when the Braves were rebuilding and losing yeah. like 95 games. And listening to him like get on there and kvetch about like what the ninth reliever and how that guy was going to work. And I was just like, shut Oh, I don't want to hear it. God. And then, and then when Solitza gets on there. And, oh, yeah. And Chuck Todd and all that. So, I yeah, I can't stand the Nats. Oh, So, so okay. you're the opposite of Chuck here. Yeah. See, he's kind of adopted the Nats as his National League team because, of, National League because team. of Tony and yeah. all the talk on the shows. Well, I feel so like I know the, the team. Opposite. I feel like I know all the I know the bullpen. Right, I know everyone. Right. It's, and I have to but say, it's, it's more fun to listen to a bitch about like, him. But. <laughs> It's one of the things like I was I'm a was a big back in the day when he was writing for ESPN Bill Simmons when he was the sports guy uh-huh. and his stuff was great when he was talking about the the angst his team was causing him sure. but when the Patriots it's just unreadable nobody <laughs> wants to read about how great your team is right they want to well share unless it's your team the misery you know what I mean like. When your team stinks or loses, 30 of the other 32 teams, fan bases can go, yeah, I know how that feels. Yep. Nobody wants to listen to. And, and so that whole summer of broadcasting when the Nats were going to win the World Series, I was like, ah, oh, this is just the worst. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, full disclosure, because I know you don't know us that well, uh, Roxy's diehard Patriots. We're both Red Sox fans. I'm not a Patriots but so we're actually Bill Simmons fans. We, we, Roxy likes Parent Corner. Are, are you a current Bill Simmons listener? No, nope. oh, okay. Bill lost me uh, after Grantland. I just, gotcha. and, and I don't, I liked to read him. I can't stand the sound of his voice. Ah, so. ah okay. Well, we, yeah. she, we like well, to listen for parents. It's interesting, corner. actually, speaking of his voice, I saw a picture of him once and he does not look like he sounds. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just that. kind of a mismatch to me. But anyway, side yeah. note. <laughs> well, because he has, it's actually his fault on this whole you know, WTFC podcast network yeah, thing came up because yeah. I wanted to be the ringer. That right. was, that was my new idea. You know, I'm like, I want to be the ringer podcast. I know? told him to do a podcast because he needed a hobby. And then he said, well, I have 10 ideas. I said, why don't you start with one? And he started with <laughs> nice. two. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I compromised. We started with two. All right. And real quick, before we have to take a break ourselves, now you had a change in career. You went from sports writing to marketing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you you know, I've already kind of outlined that sports running is not, the, unless you're Tony Kornheiser, right. really is not the path to riches. <laughs> and, of course, Tony will tell you that getting into TV is really the, the path yeah. to riches. Yeah. But, right. yeah, so I made the switch. And it had to get to the point, though, but the thing about sports running is it's fun. As much as it's a pain in the ass and it doesn't pay very well, it's sports running. So I had to get to the point. I was editor of a site called accsports.com, covering all the ACC Atlantic Coast Conference and running their uh, the Twitter account there and with all the joys that came with that. But I had just had to get to the point where it just burned me out to yeah. a crisp. And mm-hmm. I was I was finally at a point where I was like, I'm ready to try something different. And the good news was is I managed to get a job at a marketing automation company. I was lucky. The, the head of marketing there was looking 
for someone who could write? Because, you know, you try to make a switch and everyone's like, well, you need three to four years experience in marketing, yada, 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 and keep running to brick walls. Well, she just wanted someone who could write. And she had been in marketing at the New York Times, so she had a soft spot for journalists. Mm -hmm. So that worked out well. And then the first conference I went to, it was a content marketing world. And the guy said, you know, the, the thing is, is that really a journalism degree is the new marketing degree. And I was like, oh, well, cool. That's good because I can do that. I was on Skype with my wife at the time and said, I think I can do this. Like the skills that they're, that they're trumpeting is sort of this new wave of marketing they were calling content marketing was pretty much journalism. It was storytelling and interviewing and finding out how to tell a narrative, et cetera. So I switched at a really good time. And, and you know, I was at the time I was scared. Will it be as interesting or, or you know, will I be bored and all that sort of stuff? And it's actually been really interesting. I mean, it, the, the company that I work for, I won't, I won't put them out here, but they, you, the product that we market sounds incredibly boring, but it's really not. The biggest loss is I'm not nearly as interesting at cocktail parties anymore. Like it used to be, <laughs> my wife would bring me and introduce me as a sports writer and I would spend like the next hour cornered in by right. guys saying, what's Mike Krzyzewski like and stuff like that. Yeah. And now I tell people what I do and they go, that's great and kind of wander off. So. <laughs> Chuck here has the same problem. Because yeah. I, I don't know if you know, I'm a drummer by trade, drummer conductor. And ah. so when I tell people, I'm like, they're like, oh, you're a drummer, especially no offense, Roxy. But back in the day, you know, the girls, they'd be like, oh, you're the drummer. And I'm yeah, like, sure. sure. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, I mean, that's how you hooked yeah. me. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. I tell them, I go, don't get excited. I drum show tunes for a living. That's what I do. I'm not Bon yeah. Jovi's drummer or, you know, <laughs> not Billy Neil J Pert up here, huh? No, I'm not Neil Pert. No, I'm drum Broadway 42nd shows. Street. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway. So real quick, lastly, now you said you've been to Chatter, right? Before it closed? Yeah. The one Jingle Fest I had been to was the last one before Chatter closed. Ah. and But that wasn't at Chatter, was it? Well, I mean, it was in D.C. It was Right. But, and they had some activities around, there, but, but not the actual Jingle Fest. Yeah. I think Berg got married that yeah. time. Yeah. I was not <clears throat> invited, but you know, uh -oh. <laughs> no, actually I think, I think he got married like before I showed up where I think it was yeah. on Thursday or something like that. Oh, so. it's first thing in the morning. So no bitterness I, at no all. No bitterness at all. No, <laughs> no. no, no. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's obviously personal, but I'm not going to take it that way. <laughs> well, don't feel bad. We were interviewing Jamie on the podcast, we and no we had idea. no idea. We had no idea that she was she's, Robert Burns. She's Bernstein. lovely. I yeah. do not have any idea how she ended up with, with her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> all right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. This is Brad Weiss. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, how you having, you having a good time here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we got Jim Young here. I know. This is great. Now, we got some good stories coming yeah. up. We're very excited about that because, you know, we took a break. As we say, we take a break. And we just were rambling on and we didn't want to bore all our listeners with that because Chuck here can't shut up. <laughs> But we're going to get into this now because, sir, now you were a rookie in the Berserker League this year. Oh, God. What the yeah. hell were you thinking, sir? Uh, I, see, this is, you know, it's Berg's fault. I mean, probably, I'd say. It's one of those things I felt a little bit like a kid with the nose pressed against the store window sort of thing last year when those guys on Twitter would be kind of going back and forth and right. seemed to be enjoying themselves. And I'm like, God, it seems kind of cool and those guys are kind of nuts. And so it seemed kind of interesting to me. And then I always tell people, if you come by my office and have like a, a birthday card and you want it back immediately, save me for last because I can't just do something. I've got to like think about it, 
feel like I'm doing it the right way, really put something on there that means something. The point is, is I don't really enjoy half-assing something. And I start to feel really guilty when I'm half-assing something. And then I get resentful when I'm half-assing something at the people that I feel like are asking for more from me than I can give them. So this is all the angst and stuff behind And believe me, Fuse knows all this because I've shared this with him in the Discord like halfway through the season when I'm like, I can't do this. It's just like too much. There's just too much stuff going on and I can't keep track of it. And you can tell like I'm speeding up right now. My anxiety levels oh, are no. rising. <laughs> it's just batshit crazy. And I don't know how those guys... Like him and Luke, how they sleep. But but anyway, right. the point was is I shared all this with Berg. Like, listen, I don't want to get into a league where I don't feel like I, I don't want to be dead weight, but I don't know if I can keep up with this thing. It seems kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Ah, it doesn't really take much time. Da da da. da. Well yeah. then. Berg then goes AWOL for the whole season. All he does is show up for podcasts and the whole time. And then I'm just like drowning in the insanity of it. Really, Sully and James Brzee are the reason I've made it through the season is like, they're like, hey, we'll help you out in sort of understanding and interpreting some of this stuff. And basically, you'll let cliff notes when I can't listen to the two hour podcast that those guys record and stuff like that. So, <laughs> But it's been fun. I turned it on during the playoffs. And the other part of it is, is once the Braves were done with their season, I had a little more time on, sure. on my hands. Well, so I, I mean, it, it was made a run to the season after all. So, I mean, you know, c- congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. It means way more to me than it should. But it. Uh, <laughs> oh, it no, was, no. I completely I, I feel you there. I mean, yeah. anytime the Red Sox. I mean, obviously, 2004 was very special. But I mean, anytime it's it's I say we I said it. I said it, Littles. And I know yeah. I'm going to get a lot of shit for that because I know we're not supposed to. We're not allowed to say that, I guess, because we don't have anything to do with the team. But you cheer them on. Yeah. Give him that extra fire. I mean, I almost watch every game. Yeah. I literally almost watch every game. See, I, that's me, and I tweet about it when I'm watching, and it's mainly because my wife has no interest in the Braves. And I was telling this to Sully today. I was like, it's my way of sort of screaming into the void. I'm not mm. expecting anyone to respond to me because he's always like, what are you doing? And I'm like, why are you even responding to these tweets? Why, why do you care? <laughs> he's on like, Twitter 24-7. Yeah, whatever. He, he does the same thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe not about uh, every like game, I, but... I'll bet you my tweet count is significantly higher than oh, his that I'll bet. Sure. So, I, but I've been on Twitter since 2008, so it, it's uh, I'm a long-timer. Uh, gotcha. Now, so. now, going in, I don't know how this became Sully's podcast all of a sudden, but the one <laughs> thing, you know, the one thing I do notice about him, I feel like he does more off-season talk about trades and mm. you know than he does during the season. And I, I didn't yeah, realize I, that until obviously the season ended and he was all in on some of these, I can't wait for the winter meetings and all this stuff because I feel like he does a lot there. He's a strange man, what can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> We've never gotten to meet him yet. Hopefully someday. Yeah. All right. I just have some basic questions because see, Chuck here was smart enough. Now, I told those guys, because well, we interviewed Jason, they all came on the podcast. Robert, I think, was the first one. Very nice, generous with their time, came on the podcast. And so, of course, they're talking it up, talking all about it. So we were thinking. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm doing this. Well, then I started seeing like, and also how much time went into this podcast. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, look, I was the opposite. I was like, Berg, there's no way I can do it. I'm so sorry. I know I say I do this. I'm going to join the Loyal Littles Fantasy League. But I, there's no way I have time to do this. I'm so sorry. And they understood. They were cool. They were like, yeah, yeah. no problem. Yeah, it's probably about the time that he started twisting my arm. Probably. It's yeah. probably my fault that you got thrown oh, into it. Yeah, no. so, no, no. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I told them, I said, look, we'll do whatever we can for you, the league on the podcast. We'll promote it. We'll right. talk about it. We'll, uh, you know, whatever. I just knew I wasn't going to have time. Well, boy, was I right. Because <laughs> yes. I've done some deep diving Smart. and stuff like that. We can't really talk too much about it because your season's still going on, correct? So, yeah, at this recording there in the championship at this point and right. in the process of trying to figure out it's 18 rules uh, it's a rule for each player 
this, you know, it's 18 weeks of rules before that. And so for the championship, it's a different rule for each player. So scra- oh. one guy is Scrabble week. One Wait guy a minute. How is, is that fair? Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. The whole thing is so, fair. Okay. It's called Berserk. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, okay. You, you got to pick up guys off wave. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I, literally, I lost in the semis to James Brzee, and I was thankful because I was like, <laughs> I, my head would have exploded. Well, so this now week. we know about, we've heard about Scrabble Week. We've heard about you had to make these videos some, what, some yep. weeks. And yep. then is there a Survivor Week? We heard rumors there about may, something it, about that. Look, it's possible there's a Survivor Week, and I just was not even involved. You just didn't know. <laughs> there, were <a> couple of, <laughs> there were a couple of weeks where I, actually I think I beat Cunningham one week where I didn't. I just said I can't do it this week, and mm. I don't even know what it was. I think it was like the the week where you got points for like really cool plays, and I don't even know what happened, but I ended right. up winning oh, that wow. week. But there was WWE week was great. I'm a longtime fan of, again growing up in South Carolina of what was world class wrestling in NWA, and so. I did a Dusty Rhodes voiceover oh, for nice. that one. But Z's was unbelievable. Uh, Dr. Marshmallow slash Joe Mahans was awesome. Uh, oh, Catfish. I don't even know who Catfish is, but this guy named Catfish who's in the league was incredible. That was a lot of fun. Well, um, it sounds that, like you're having a good... That's that's good to hear. Yeah, I am. I'm having a, I'm oh, having good. a good time. Good. Okay. I mean, you're still crazy, but <laughs> that's great. I, I can relate to Tony and that I'm generally a glass half empty sort of person, but uh, I'll... <laughs> good time right my saying is i don't care if it's half empty or half full i still need more doesn't matter (laughs) right so anyway well speaking of tony let's get back into tony now you have a different connection to him you said right because being a sports writer yeah so you you do sort of run it now granted in the world of sports writing the washington post are the bigs and greensboro news and record where i wrote for a while was in accsports.com was more the littles but you run into those guys and you cross paths with them particularly acc tournament that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. the first tony story i have is a buddy of mine when we were at the news and record was interviewing for a position at the post in there back when they used to hire bunches of prep writers to cover all the different bureaus and my friend Jeff was interviewing for the job and Tony bursts into this guy's office as an editor, one of the higher up editors, and immediately just starts talking. And this is kind of Tony's talked about this is he needs to talk out his column in advance. Right. And he's arguing about something in it. He's arguing about I don't even remember what it was. But of course, he then turns to my friend Jeff, who's kind of looking up at him like, wow, there's Tony Kornheiser and tries to get him involved in it. Like, you know, I'm right. You know, that sort of thing. Like immediately <laughs> seeking feedback from this person he's never met before, before then kind of storming back out of the room. And we were talking about it. He's like, it's exactly like what I imagined running into Tony Kornheiser would be like it was 100 percent spot on Tony. Yeah. So. That was the first one. And then when I was at the ACC tournament, when it was in D.C., this was like 2006, maybe. Mm. I'm dating myself. But Tony, <laughs> there may have been valid reasons for it, but the gist of it was essentially that Post only got a few spots on the front row, press row. And uh, they, I think the other ones were somewhere else. And the gist of it was Tony kind of showed up and was like, the front row spots were taken. And Tony was like, mm, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's like, he I'll go watch it at home it. on my TV. He talked about it on his, his radio show at the time. And he's like, I just didn't feel like I fit in anymore or something like that. And I was kind of laughing to myself because it felt a little bit more like, well, I didn't get that prime spot. Like they right. gave it to Mike Wise or something like that. So I'm, I'm out of here. So. <laughs> that is funny. That's excellent. Yeah. All right, Jim. Well, we're almost out of time here. So you probably don't know what's coming, but you're going to get some fun, dumb questions because that's our motto here on the Loyalist Podcast. Let's start easy. I mean, because I just want to make sure they really start dumb. Uh, Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? 
I'm smooth. Smooth. Okay. Yeah. It's right. got to be smooth for me. And texture is really important to me, so yeah. it's got to be smooth. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. Who would play you in a movie of your life? So I'm going to be more honest with you guys. I was listening to the, the show you guys did with Todd, and he tried to pass off Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> no, wait. Uh, wait, 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 wait. In Todd's defense, he did say when he was younger. <laughs> Yeah, and he said somebody else. Yeah, I know, sure. But I sent him a tweet because I met him at the Jingle Fest, and I was like, I think maybe more like Salvador Dali for you because he's got like the whole waxed handlebar yeah. mustache thing going. So. Yeah, I mean, we've never but, met yeah. him, so yeah. we don't know, but we're just, <laughs> yeah. So I would actually say this guy, you won't know his name on his name's Peter Gross is the guy, but if you remember the Sonic ads with the two guys in the car, mm-hmm. he's the straight man in those things. And a couple people have uh, made fun of me and said, you look kind of like Peter Gross. So if you watched Veep, he was the, oh. the oil lobbyist guy, Sidney Purcell on there too. So, but he's also, he's kind of a fun, he's got similar, similar personality to me. So look him up. Peter Gross, G-R-O-S-Z, I yep, think. I got him. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, so I'm just going to, I'm going to age myself here. When you first said the mm-hmm. name, I was thinking of the guy that played the father on Family Ties. And that's, but that's Michael oh, Gross. But that's spelled, Michael I think, Gross. Yeah. G-R-O-S-S, yeah, no. I think. God, yeah. not that guy. No. Jeez. Oh, okay. Looking at you right now. <laughs> Peter Gross. Roxy's on it. All right. Would you rather be the worst player on a team that always wins or the best player on a team that always loses? So are we talking professional here? Well, I mean, we could, because of course, then you're dealing with contracts because you're going to yeah, pay. Yeah, so then t- we're talking about money. Yeah, we're talking about money. <laughs> no, let's just say no. Yeah, gosh, I, I think I'd, boy, I'd, let's put it this way. I'd find a way to be unhappy about it in either situation, <laughs> but because, you know, I, if they won and I wouldn't feel like I contributed enough right. and then another team. So, that man, boy, exactly that's a tough like call. somebody else I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a really tough I've been call. On, I've been in both situations. I've been on the team <laughs> where I was. I, no matter I what. probably... Uh, let's be honest. I think I'd probably want to be the best player on the team that never wins because yeah. at least I'd feel good about myself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's next? Uh, if you could time travel, where would you go? Time travel? So yeah. it should be when should I go? That's right. When? <laughs> no, that's Sorry. right. Yeah. If you could time travel, uh, Okay. When? Technicality. <laughs> when in time would you go? <laughs> Little. Sorry. You Wait, we've been on the air for what, a year? <laughs> we've been on the lake for no one's ever pointed that out. I feel like you should win a prize or something. Wait, what? Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I don't, man, because that's the thing. I I don't know that I would want to travel back in time. Like, I think people tend to really... It doesn't necessarily have to be back. It could be forward. That's true. Oh, I'm I'm terrified of the future. (laughs) Okay. And I'm incredibly cynical about the past. So Well, but even um, if it was just for a day. Okay, so now now we're getting the story, like, what's like this event? Yeah, what event? Like that. Whew. God, boy, jeez. Wow, we're uh, we're rocking the questions, Roxy. Here, <laughs> is there like a famous sporting event that you didn't you wouldn't have gotten to cover? Yeah, you know, I guess sporting event I would have to say would be really cool to have been in the building for the Miracle on Ice, sure. nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then on the other side of it, I'll go totally outside of the box and say it would have been kind of interesting to be like one or two islands over when Krakatoa exploded, just to see what that Whoa. was like. Yeah, it's like. Totally cataclysmic, but it's like being there when the meteor hit the dinosaurs, but not having to sort of be there. Right, right, right. just somewhere. Yeah. Right, uh-huh. gotcha. All I right. like it. All right. Very interesting. Heathcliff or Garfield? Oh, Garfield. Okay. Yeah. Actually, for the guy that did the voice of Garfield and like the TV stuff, I don't mm-hmm. know what his name was, but his voice was like so perfect for Garfield. So. Oh yeah. Although uh, they're both cats, I'm I'm a dog person. So. Oh, uh, okay. I see. All right. Well, yeah. Marmaduke or Clifford. <laughs> 
Clifford. All right. Definitely I Clifford. Clifford. How is that for off the cuff? That was really good. I, I just made that up yeah. off, off the top of my head. Yeah. So, well, I, if you have small kids and you get the PBS Clifford the Big Red Dog yep. stuff on there with John Ritter, the voice of it. So oh. Can't beat that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I like him. Mm-hmm. I like his stuff. All right, Roxy, let's do one more. All right. Would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? Oh. Uh, I'd go with Academy Award. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I know I'm supposed to be the bigger person and say Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> right? Like that's what, but I'm, I'm trying to be honest with you guys here. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And some really awful people, I think, have won the Nobel Peace Prize too. Yeah. So that's not necessarily. Is uh, that the one that everyone says you win the most money or you get the most well, money? you get a million dollars, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So for some I'm people, not, change. for some people, yeah. that was their only reason why they would want that. Interesting. I, you know, yeah. I actually hadn't thought of that because I just sort of assume with Academy Award, that's sort of like on your resume. Yeah. Hey, it would mean I was like a Hollywood actor, which seems like it might be cool. I don't know. Well, and you're going to get many residuals from that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Residuals and other gigs. More, commercials, more gigs. Kind of yeah. Gigs, right. yeah. Yeah. And then every time you're in a movie, you're introduced as Academy Award winner. Right. That's and featured true. Academy Award winner. That's so. true. Yeah. That's true. I like yeah. that answer. Yeah. It's like being yeah. a Hoff, you know, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Exactly. And again, having been at the Olympics, there's a lot of Olympic medal winners that sure. you, nobody has ever, ever, oh, ever. Oh, absolutely. Loved. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim, unfortunately, we're out of time, but we can't thank you enough for all the stories and all the laughs. And yeah, I mean, this has been been great. great. So is there anything we can plug for you? Uh, How can we find you now? You're on Twitter. I know that. But what's your handle? All that kind of stuff. I think it's real Jim Young. I can can never remember what it is, but I believe it's real Jim Young. At the time I was once I once ran at ACC Sports when it had like 28,000. But when I left that job, I had to get my own one. And that was the time period before the blue check marks. And so people were actually putting that stuff in so it's very tongue-in-cheek but it's at real jim young okay yeah that's right you had said that you actually put that on the forum and we forgot to go back to it and ah, so no you had twenty-eight thousand followers what was that like it, it, it was humbling when i didn't have them anymore right <laughs> because uh i mean the real secret of that one is having at acc sports like i don't think the conference was really happy that we managed to grab that handle before they did oh um, i see gotcha. so, but the other part of that i will tell you is that every saturday i would get just buried in tweets from angry fans complaining about officiating because they thought I was the league office. Oh. So I would be like, hey, at ACC Sports, what is wrong with your officials? And I would occasionally have fun with them on it. So it became a running joke, actually. <laughs> right. And all right, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. I don't understand under. Like it just, it's <laughs> like against the laws of nature. It just right? makes no sense. I agree 100%. Roxy, yeah. on the other hand, I don't know. I'm adaptable. She's adaptable. It's BS. <laughs> she's, she's will bonding the question, is what she's doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah just yeah. Pick, pick a side, Roxy. Just nah, make sure it's over. Time. No. <laughs> so, anyway, Jim, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Don from Biloxi, Mississippi. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast from the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Roxy. Ah, thank you. you. That's for you. Good job, right, Littles? I mean, first attempt. I hope you all liked it. 
Yeah. I mean, I think she did a great job. I hope Jim liked it. Yeah, right. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important part, really. Because we want to make our guests sound good. No, it know? was and, so much fun. And honestly, I didn't really do much, Roxy, no, after I, you yeah. sent it back to me. Yeah, there were a couple um, of volume things, which I'm, yeah, I'm you, that's, learning about. That's tricky. So, that's tricky. It yeah. really is to get the volumes the way. I mean, if we had really good equipment, then we wouldn't have to worry about the volumes. But for now, we're we're literally hand putting the volume levels in. Yeah. Now, ideally, when you record, you'll get a certain look. We, we do sound checks and things like that. Sure. But anyway, that's all technical. Nice job, Roxy. Thank Let's just go you. there. Because we've got so much more to get into. I did want to get into a tiny little suggestion. And that is, it, she, it wasn't even necessarily a tiny little suggestion. We're calling it a tiny little suggestion. I haven't tried it yet. We're about to. We're going to try this as soon as possible. But we heard from Jenny Robbins and she writes in, she says, I have to agree about the hot dogs in the air fryer. I will dare say they are as good as the ones on a grill. Yeah. I believe we had that, Roxy. Yeah. And who would think to do it? Anyway, when we first got our air fryer, we were putting everything. We just tried, we tried everything. everything. However, we did not try this. She continues. Now, have you tried a baked potato in there? Crispy and tender perfection. <gasps> I am so psyched about this, Jenny. Thank you so much. We are calling that our tiny little suggestion for yes. this episode. Everyone try it. Go out and get yourself an air fryer and try this potato. I mean, it's, <laughs> that just sounds so good. And thank you to everyone else who wrote in about the hot dogs, too. We heard from Lee Gordon. He said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He was really excited about the hot dogs. So, Lee, you might also have to try this baked potato in the air fryer. Yeah. Because, I don't know. It's just sounding really good. Can't wait. All right, Roxy, I'm already looking forward to our next episode. We can get into all these other great topics. We got an email. uh, we, We dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. We got an email about how excited they are that we're recapping Amazing Race. But hello, what about The Bachelor? I know. Yeah, we have to get back into uh, that. We haven't even... It just started, what, two weeks ago? Yep, so much drama. So much drama already. We're going to get into that. We've got... I, I really want to get into... I, we might try to watch it before. At least I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie I mentioned in a random situation, Youngblood. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we heard... I think it was from Lee or Steve Oswald, one of those, about Cynthia Gibb. I did a deep dive on that. We're going to get into that because that's really interesting. And then I also want to get into this Columbia House record stuff, Littles, because there's also the company BMG that also did the same kind of thing. But that came up somewhere on one of our Twitter page feeds. And it's just there's a lot in there that I want to get into. But Roxy, for now, it is time for Sully Sing Along. You know you want to. Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, Friday five. Boom, boom, boom. I love that we give you that part. Thank you. All right. What do we have, Roxy? This is from Brian Becker. So number one, if your favorite sports hall of fame allowed induction for multiplayer units, who would you like to see inducted? Hmm. So like a team? Not necessarily a team, but remember like the Hogs? And like you could say, I think some people were saying the idiots. Well, I guess if you said the idiots for the Red Sox, that's like the whole team. Ooh, I'll go with those. Yeah, that's a good. That was a great team. Yeah, yeah, the idiots. Yeah. So I mean, there's so many. You have the Hogs. You have the Steel Curtain. People like that. The Big Red Machine was another one. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just go with one of those. So yeah. all right, Roxy, what's number two? All right, number two. Give an opinion that may not be popular with society in general. Non-political preferred. Well, I know what I'm going with. What are you going with? Uh, Waffle houses are good. They are good. I said it. They you are. Want to share that one? We're going with Waffle. I'll share with the. I'll share that one. I also thought pineapple on my pizza. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. This just derailed. But yeah, but. Waffle House for sure. No, I mean, look, and you know what you're getting yourself into. You look, do. this is not a five star restaurant. No. People. This is not someone you'd go on somewhere you'd probably go on a first date or anything like that. I'm just saying it is what it is. 
We know it's disgusting. We know the floors are dirty. We know I, I posted that rant. I can't remember who that was. They, it's a great rant about like, look, we get it. We get what it is. Yeah. It is what, it, and I think Jason said it best too. At three a.m., it's even better. Right, I, not safe unnecessarily, but right. Yeah. So anyway, all right, oh Roxy, gosh. what's number three? All right, number three. I like this one. You have a new dozen of eggs and need to grab two to use. Which two do you grab and why? Picture and comments. So that was also funny because the top row was like A through F, F and then and the then bottom G. row right. was right. Don't worry, I fixed that. Right. Well, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> so according to Brian's picture, I would say either A and G or F and L. Now, typically, I think I like to have the opening where you open it on the left-hand side. So then that would mean I would be choosing F and L. So I'm pretty sure that's typical for me. Wait, you would want the opening on the left side? Yeah. So that's A and G. No, no, no. According to this picture. Yes. The left side. F and L would be closest to me. So I would, as I'm pulling it out, so I would grab those. No, lies. A and G, because then. <laughs> Thank you, Roxy. Let's move on. I'm like, I'm, Littles, if you could see my face right now, I'm like, look, I mean, I don't want to call you like a dork here, but hello, I'm looking right at it and I'm like, okay, see now, Roxy, if we had my system, I think this would be an easy, it, mine would be A1. Right. Okay. I think that's the better like system. Like steak sauce? Like, well, like steak sauce. Thank you. But that's mine. I go to the left side, A1. Yeah. So actually thinking about it, when you pull the carton out of the refrigerator if it's vertically towards you I always hate grabbing the end where there are no eggs I'm always um, afraid if I grab that end the other end is is gonna gonna break the the balance yeah okay I get that so then you're right so a and one or a and g in his picture yeah in his picture yeah. wow I never even thought about that about putting them in and out putting them back in the refrigerator a certain way. I never, I just go left to right. I read left to right. Yeah. I, so I just, when I open the carton, I go left to right. Uh-huh. I mean, I get where some people would go right to left. That's totally fine. But does anyone, I, you know, I didn't look at the comments on the smart and funny page. Maybe we should have. I'm wondering how many people start in the middle and work their way out. Well, I saw a picture from Tony Beeson where it was like, it was three on one side and then one random one towards the middle that were taken out. So I don't know what that's about, but okay, what's that? Some, did that break the curse for the bangles? Is that what happened? <laughs> is that, that's, that's what did it. What is that? I don't know what that is. I don't anyway, know, but I think it's really I hope it worked for him because the Bengals didn't win. Um, we're very happy for those people in Cincinnati. Anyway, all right. What's the next one, Roxy? All right. Number four. What is your favorite Bill Murray film role, either as the star or in a supporting role? Okay. I'm going to go back to one of our guests. I think it was Chewy. Okay. Who said, because we were talking about sports fandom, and mm-hmm. he said it can change. Because mm-hmm. as a kid, he and he used that as an example. He said, as a teenager, your favorite movie is not going to be the same movie you have when you're 30 sure. and then when you're sick. Okay. So I'm going to go in that realm of things because I could see back in the day where I thought Ghostbusters was it or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But anyway, I was going to say my favorite movie I've ever seen him in was probably Stripes, but my favorite character I've ever seen him play. What was the exact question? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite Bill Murray Role? Film role, either Film as the role. star okay. or a supporting role. Okay, so, well, it's got to be then Caddyshack, yeah. probably. Now, I have to say, Meatballs was also a very, an old, old school, one of my favorites, too, mm-hmm. so I'm doing too many. But I was kind of breaking it up. If I said movie, you know, Stripes, but character, Caddyshack, yeah. what do you got? I mean, I feel like I would fall in the same realm as that. I hated Caddyshack, 
um, <laughs> except for the Bill Murray part. Well, let's let's pause for station of identification <laughs> as some of the littles have to get up off the floor. I'm sorry. I think I saw oxygen. it. I think I saw it way too young. Yeah, um, probably. Maybe we need to rewatch it again. My tonight. parents that, that would be good. went to see Caddyshack on let's their very first date. I mean, did you hear me? My parents went to see Caddyshack on their very first date. <laughs> and then they were talking about how funny it was and how great of a date it was. I mean, yeah, it worked out. They got married and had my brother and I, but I'm sorry, I watched it and I'm like, this is disgusting. Well, maybe it was the, the this gopher is weird. Dancing. Yeah. Funny. I mean, I would say the Bill Murray and the gopher parts were the best parts of the movie, but the rest of the movie was outrageous and stupid and <laughs> wow i'm like All right, Roxy, I, uh, we just lost 75 percent of our i don't know audience, i just I like i said maybe i saw it when i was too young maybe. and if i watched I it now maybe i would think again. differently maybe we'll watch it again maybe we'll right, watch it what's number five all right what is your favorite piece of art that you've seen at an art museum you want to go first well i've actually i don't think i've actually ever seen it in an art museum but my favorite piece huh. of art i think is starry night vincent van gogh well don't you have to answer the question though I know, but I don't know. I, honestly, museums, I, I don't know. I have a hard time with them. Oh, um, okay. I'm not really sure. I think the art is beautiful and meaningful and all of that stuff. But if you were to stand with me in front of a piece of artwork and ask me how it makes me feel, I don't know if well, I would have an answer for you. Okay. That, no, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's totally legit. Yeah. I just meant like as far as which one was your favorite. I mean, I love Starry Night. All right. So I hope this is okay. I, I have seen the Mona Lisa live, which was really cool yeah and kind of insulting to most of the i don't know i think it's hilarious that there's so many people and you go see it and it's this little it's nothing major yeah it's but you would think it's the freaking mona lisa and so many people are trying to see it and the locals just laugh at us yeah they laugh at us when we're going to see this and it so should be true Mm -hmm. the one that had the most impact to me was in Chicago when I actually saw a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jete. I hope I'm saying that right. Now, this is the painting that was very famous for the Stephen Sondheim Sunday in the Park with George musical. And so I don't know why, I guess because of what I do for a living, when I saw that live, I feel like that had a bigger impact on me than seeing the Mona Lisa, Mm -hmm. which I found very surprising. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, I saw that one first. Then I saw the Mona Lisa, and I just it was I, it was cool to say I saw it there live, you know, in Paris. Like and in all person, that. yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't as I don't know that one. You had thought more you impact. were gonna feel something. Yeah, and I didn't. And I felt didn't. more when I was in mm-hmm. Chicago seeing this one. And again, I think now I've never done Sunday in the Park with George. Have you? No, I haven't. I, I've no. never done it. It's not one of my favorite soundtracks to listen to. Mm-hmm. But just seeing that painting and how he created the show and that montage and it's just really yeah. cool. So I would say See, that I feel it. like I'm very if there's any office fans out there when Pam has her art show uh. and at the time her boyfriend Roy comes and he's like, your art is the prettiest art of all the art. Like, that's me. <laughs> I walk in and I'm like, oh, that's pretty. Your art is the prettiest <laughs> art of all the art. Now, I will say, Roxy, if I ever saw that painting of the office. Oh, my God, life, I would freak out. That would be very cool. I would and freak I think out. Jenna has it, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure she does. I think she does. Because, you know, we listen, We started listening. Jenna Fisher, she played yeah, Pam. Jenna Fish, she yeah, Jenna Fisher, she played Pam. Uh, we started listening to the Office Ladies podcast when it first came out. Right. And I do believe she said, uh, either him or her or Jim have it. The guy who played Jim Halbert. Um, John Krasinski. John, thank you. John Krasinski. Yes. So anyway, that I think would be cool. But this, that's the one that affected me most. All right. Yeah. That's our Friday Five. Thank you, Brian. Good times as always. And you might want to repost that picture I tweeted at you because I <laughs> fixed your photo for you. You're welcome. <laughs> 
All right, Roxy. Well, that's all the time we have. We have to get out of here. But looking forward to the future for sure, because we've got some really good things coming up. Some Maybe really... some more editing by yours truly. Maybe. That would be nice. Gosh, that would be great. I know. Honestly. I really enjoyed it. Good, good. Because, yeah, when I would listen back to things, that's when I would get up and exercise and stretch. and Because it, it is hard. I, yeah. It's hard to sit. You just sit there for hours. Yeah. You just sit there for hours. Yeah, but, but it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope I created a monster. Because it would be so great. It would be so great to have some help. <laughs> but anyway, Roxy. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to Apple and iTunes and please give us a nice rate and review over there. That's always very helpful and we really appreciate it. And thank you again, Jim Young, for coming on to Meet the Littles this episode. And also thank you, Joe Magnew, Brad Weiss, and Don Hammock for our bumpers this episode. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. Good to be back in New York, though, right? Really good. But you're heading out again. Heading out. She's heading up to Connecticut. Yep. See the fam. You'll still hear my voice, though. Yeah, we'll be around. Yep. And please, 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 please don't forget to... Use the code. Just use it. Bye. Uh, I See, this is... You know, it's Berg's fault.
Animals podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. He's a strange man. Oh, yeah.